0: Here and welcome to another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And I am also the founder of the Holistic Health Mastery Nutrition Certification Course. And you can find more information on that at holistichealthmastery.com. You can also find more information on me. Uh, my YouTube channel, uh, all the video content, educational lectures, and all the stuff I have going on at my website, www.ronnie, R O N N I E, middle dash, landis, L A N D I S dot com. So today's episode is nothing short of amazing, <laughs> really incredible. I bring on a very dear friend and colleague of mine, Marina Love. And this woman is just literally magic. She's pure magic. How else do I explain her? She's coming from a place of divine inspiration, if you will. And really just an unfoldment of magic, bringing magic to people's lives through her holistic health and alchemical nutrition and lifestyle practices and also really focusing on what I would term as the metaphysical reality but she might term as just simply opening people's hearts. Helping people in their relationship, uh, ordeals, endeavors, a lot of the traumas that people have in their lives relating to emotional baggage or trauma that we accrue in our life that crystallizes in our physical body and literally holds us down, gravitationally pulls us down closer and closer to the earth and inhibits our ability to levitate, our ability to ascend upward towards the sun if you will, and it's just this interview, this conversation is one of my favorites for sure. It's super light, it's super juicy, it's sexy, it's highly informative, it takes different twists and turns. We even go into the depths of our passion for the Theobroma cacao plant, otherwise known as chocolate, and she's a chocolatier as well. She's a chocolate alchemist and has a deep passion for shamanic cacao priestess activities holding cacao ceremonies she even has her own chocolate bar line that is in production right now and she is over in montreal canada at the moment and there's so much that i could say about her but um i figure that we should just jump right into the interview so without further ado i want to introduce miss marina love enjoy Marina Love is a bioenergetic healer slash mystic who also serves as an alchemical nutritionist, herbalist, and raw chocolatier. Although Marina studied extensively with the Body Mind Institute and various other private institutions, she accredits her teachings and wisdom to not being born out of a theory or concept, but from direct experience of real living situations in the natural realm. Her mission is to heal broken hearts, reveal life's greater truths, and holistically empower individuals to live in a radiant and natural state of mind. It is my honor to welcome Marina Love. How you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm doing absolutely juicy, Ronnie. Thank mm. you for asking.
0: <laughs> yeah, my pleasure to have you on and to share Your wisdom, your knowledge, your experience, wherever we go in this hour of ours together. Um, I'm really excited to have you on. I've been watching you over the last however many years. It feels like maybe half a decade almost. Um, I've kind of lost track of time in this whole thing, but (laughs) we met years ago at one of the longevity conferences and clicked and... um, you know had that that instant resonance and then we've we've uh, connected with each other and followed each other ever since.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an honor to be here, Ronnie. Thank you so much. And I'm so 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 proud to see, you know, amazing people such as yourself getting out there with incredible content and podcasts and posts and you've been Doing quite a lot of work over the last couple of years. You have two books now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. So happy for you.
0: Yeah, it's it's been fascinating, and I have four more on my desktop waiting for a home. So
1: <laughs> amazing. Uh, it's,
0: it's full on, but um, that's what happens when you're when you're guided by a vision and you let it pull you forward, as Michael Beckwith says, and um, and you just you just put all your chips in, right? That's one of the things that I. That's a metaphor that I've really taken on recently is that um, it's time to put all the chips in instead of having like, okay, I'm going to save, you know, 10 chips over here. I'm going to put some eggs in these baskets and just for a rainy day. And it's like, um, no, actually, I'm going to go full in. I'm going to invest my full my full totality into the, the path that I've chosen. And I found that that's actually the impetus for, for the real miracles to come through. What do you think about Mm -hmm. that?
1: I absolutely agree because, you know, life can sway and pull us and push us in many directions. And I feel that the more we can set micro intentions throughout our reality, um, and the more we can stay driven and centered on a few of them, then I feel like they're more, they're more, um, available to us to manifest within the realm of physicality, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well definitely, I feel as though we are definitely going to go down that idea as we uh, traverse through this, so I'm curious to start it off, what what right now are you most passionate about? I know you just had your 30th birthday, congratulations on that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yeah, it's a little bit crazy, because I'm thinking about things, and I remember years ago, someone once said to me, the 20s are for figuring it out, Mm -hmm. and the 30s are for actually doing it. And it was interesting to hear that, because I felt like I did a lot (laughs) in my 20s, and in the 30s, I am absolutely walking even deeper than ever before, and it's just been a few days in, but... um, yeah, that's a, that's kind of a celebratory moment for me. However, you know, the the most current thing that I have on my forefront is I'm in the process of writing a book um about the sensuality of chocolate. <laughs> and it is going to be my first recipe book. Um and it's also going to have a flair of sensual poetry and sensual imagery, and it's just going to be a full-on sensory experience. And this book is really, um, the, the intention surrounding it is that everyone will want it on their coffee table or in their kitchen, you know, or in some place of their home or take it with them on a journey because it's just going to be that beautiful. That's the intention with it.
0: Absolutely. I. I It's so fascinating for me because... Um, well, interestingly enough, I've the last however many years I haven't worked on it in about a year and a half, but maybe three, three or four years ago, I started working on a chocolate book called The Hidden Messages in Chocolate, kind of mm. like The Hidden Messages in Water. Yeah. Um, but, you know, really just a just a deep exploration into the world of cacao, the the deep seated history, the mythology Um You know, stuff that's actually never, ever been brought out in literature is stuff Mm -hmm. that I just, I just got this obsessive compulsive thing that I tend to do when I get into these projects and just went knee deep. I mean, stayed up all night long writing and researching and, and most of it's done, but, but I, um, I have had it on the bookshelf on my desktop just because there was like 10% that wasn't ready and that was actually the the visual aspect is getting the visuals i was like this there's no way that this is going to be like a normal book like a you know like just a textbook like this has to be the full encompassing thing because cacao as you know and just the the food idea the colors the 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 visuals the sacred geometrical expression i mean all of that we have books on top of books about other books all over the place now in the graveyard of Barnes & Noble. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's insane, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I'm watching our generation of, of alchemists and nutritionists and thought leaders really grab onto um, this idea of cacao or just their own passion with it and do all these unique alchemical Um, things and this I want to lead into um, I'm going to ask you about your passion about it but um, you know I I, what I notice about the chocolate world or the raw cacao herbal chocolate world that we're immersed in is that you would think that it's all been done you would think Mm. that okay how many different ways can you twist and turn and recontextualize and re uh, formulate a freaking chocolate bar or Mm. a chocolate message but the truth is every every one of those is different like a chocolate takes on the personality of the chocolatier therefore Mm -hmm. it's totally individual so I want to I want to ask you what what is your passion about cacao the plant the the idea the the alchemy this book like what 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 about chocolate like you know just gets you going (laughs)
1: Well, I think the sounds that I just made have a lot to express because words truly just get in the way of what my heart really wants to say Mm. about cacao. Um, You know, what really gets me going about it is the fact that it is so versatile. Um, The fact that you can do savory chocolate, the fact that you can do sweet chocolate the fact that you can do aphrodisiac chocolate, the fact that you can do chocolate toothpaste, Mm -hmm. chocolate sex butter, chocolate everything, you know, chocolate food bar, like, (laughs) just the fact that there is no facts about chocolate, the fact that Mm -hmm. there's just, we're constantly diving into the depths of how passionate one could be with a single bean that comes out of a pod from the most beautiful regions of the world. And these pods and these beans are never the same. I've never seen one that's been truly the same. I mean, it's like a person. There's people who look similar, but they're not quite similar. And you know, you get the different pigmentations. You get the deep purples because they're rich in antioxidants. And then you have other ones that are a little bit more on the brown side. And it's just like it's a Picasso. It's a Picasso of possibilities within the portal of possibility of life. And I think that cacao is something that connects people to sensuality. It connects people to magic. It connects people back to folklore and fairy tales. And that's what really gets me going about it. Because I just can't take this life seriously. I have to be honest. (laughs) I can't. Um, You know, it's going to be gone in the blink of an eye. Our lives are not guaranteed and we could blink and this all could be gone. So if that's going to be the reality, then I want each second to be lived as sensually and as beautifully and as magically as possible.
0: Mm. That's fantastic. And that tends to be the running theme that permeates throughout this this particular sect of the the natural nutrition, if you will, kind of world is I I found too, and this is such a funny phenomenon because as a public speaker um, in this field, especially really rooted in the raw food field, although that's not my, my, definitive area anymore, but it's still a very, very foundational Mm -hmm. message for me. And I, and I dance in that world. Um, one of the things early on that actually was, was eating away at me and caused me to be a little less confident than I am now was this idea that there were two different sects in the, you know, in the food world where you had people that just like have no problem with chocolate, that Mm -hmm. love chocolate that are just like, they get it. Their heart is open, and they just get it right mm-hmm. and then you have the other side which i think the best way to sum it up is our our mutual friend david wolf likes to say is that chocolate causes irrational behavior in people that don't eat it
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: uh-huh and and i and you know what i thought that was funny but then i started observing the metaphysical aspect of of things like just looking at the community looking at people looking at their behavior and personality and their triggers like when Mm -hmm. i mentioned raw food certain people like uh i'm thinking of a chinese medical practitioner um a traditional TCM practitioner that I was talking to actually at Land, funny enough. And I talked about raw food and she got really like defensive. I was like, whoa, like you, you have a trigger. Okay. Um, yeah. but anyways, I, I noticed that when it comes to cacao and I don't want to go on a long drawn out thing about it, but there's a lot of, there there have been a lot of people that for whatever reason, um, think of it still as a candy bar or as a gimmick or as a quote-unquote hyperstimulant, blah, 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 whatever the mm-hmm. thing is. And I noticed the connection there is that a lot of people that, that are, are um, they oppose, and we'll just use chocolate as an example, as they oppose the cacao message, um, they actually have a there's, a, there's like a barricade around their heart. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like they're actually very dry. They're very like rigid, stuck. They're almost like in a straitjacket. Yeah. So I've noticed and I'm sure this is, you know, alluding to your your passion is that chocolate is one of those those foods that actually physically and metaphysically has a unique capacity to open somebody's heart.
1: Mm-hmm. Without question. Without question, and I feel like some people resist that because they're afraid of what might happen mm. when that compartment gets opened up and the cat gets let out of the bag or the tiger gets let out of the den mm. watch out mm. but you know there are people who have sensitivities to it and I understand but yes. they don't the ones who have sensitivities aren't so um let's say abrasive like they want it they don't
0: want they yes. want to eat chocolate Yes. <laughs> they wish upset. that they could eat it more
1: yes and they're <laughs> upset by the idea that they can't but it's the ones that have the resistance to the expansion of the heart perhaps we could say mm-hmm. are the ones that get quite defensive when the word chocolate gets thrown in their way right, mm-hmm.
0: right. yeah mm. it's fascinating um Okay, so moving through, moving on, um, every video that you do, you always introduce it as healing the world of broken hearts and revealing life's greater truths. Mm-hmm. What does that mean?
1: Well, 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 well. What it means is that we have things within our physical reality that we are not aware of, that are contributing to our layers of whether it's expansion or stagnation. And so when I say I'm revealing life's greater truths, essentially what I'm doing is I'm opening one to the possibility of understanding things that are right in front of their face, but they can't quite put an explanation to it. And I mean, human behavior is such an interesting component. And it's such an interesting mm, sector of our experience here on this earth. And I feel like we don't talk about how we feel enough anymore. Mm-hmm. We're, we're too busy trying to conform to the reality of stuffing our, remo- our emotions and slapping a smile on one's face when we're not exactly truly there. Mm. And so the whole revealing life's greater truth is about teaching people about the unseen but the seen and allowing them to step into their hearts to feel. And we are in a time where we're being plagued with the fact that we are living mostly from our heads and not enough from our hearts. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this whole calculus linear equation is great, but we need to bring it into balance within the heart and the magic that unfolds in the heart. And recently, I actually saw something that you wrote, Ronnie, and I was just dying because I found that it was so perfectly aligned and centered within the type of languaging that I would like to put out there for the world. And you had said something around the lines of, I am not mathematical, I'm magical. (laughs) Uh And you said something about superficial science, and I go... Oh, there's another sweet one who likes Rupert Sheldrake. <laughs> mm, yeah,
0: oh, oh yeah, oh yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, I was just so, so, so tickled and so moved and so happy because, you know what, I am absolutely 100% not mathematical. I'm 100% magical, and I love activating that within other people, and that's another part of Life's Greater Truths.
0: Mm, I, um, that reminded me of a conversation I had with uh, Nasim Haramein. Mm-hmm. and uh it's funny i have the entire conversation recorded on my phone it's a two-hour debate between him and me oh dear uh, <laughs> 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 and, i mean not like a you know just very fun and very um very nice but it basically and i um just a long story short it's writing on that theme that you just mentioned mathematics versus magic and it's it's actually both of those are are dancing together um in, in union but we, we can we tend to compartmentalize the mind or our emotions or our feelings when they're both valid it's just how you use them you know mm-hmm. um, and actually you yeah, know there's a whole lot I'm gonna I'm gonna omit but um, yeah it's just that idea that you know you can create a formula for what you think God is or the creative force in the world but it's 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 um, irrelevant if you can't live in a state of natural magic. If you can't experience it and be present to it, it doesn't matter how many formulations and theories that you concoct, it's just still in your head. You're not actually embodied in the present moment, in the natural flow of magic. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, and I really, really thank you for expanding on that because I know a lot of people listening will really enjoy hearing that. You have a lot of people who Are tuning in now to this new realm of understanding and possibilities.
0: Mm, mm. Mm. Okay, so on that note, um, I'm very curious how your health journey and your, you know, how you think that the role of nutrition and having a healthy lifestyle plays into that greater theme, your personal life mission. Um, but in that greater theme of experiencing more states of flow, more states of magic, like how does health and nutrition for you fit into that?
1: Mm, it's everything. Well, my journey started years ago, over a decade ago. I was very, very sick. I had multiple eating disorders, and I had touched into the realms of holistic health and healing um, coming from the background that I do. And my mother's quite into herbalism. And I was simply not using it because I didn't really understand the potency of it all until I started suffering. And it wasn't until someone handed me a raw chocolate that everything in my world changed. Mm. And so I knew that chocolate was a catalyst, but I don't want to start talking about chocolate again because then we're going to end up me just, like, orgasmically expressing chocolate for the next half an hour. (laughs) 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 But I want to stay focused on the question and so to answer that, you know, nutrition and health is everything because the number one wealth you could have in your life is your health Mm -hmm. and it does not matter how much material possessions one accumulates. If you are not healthy, then you have nothing. You cannot enjoy it. I know a man right now here in Montreal who is 500 pounds. And he's one of the wealthiest people I know, personally. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he can't enjoy any of his riches. He's bound to a chair in his kitchen all day long. And it's the most sad thing to watch. And he looks at all of us. You know, he hangs around younger people. And he has quite a plethora of characters who come through his home to pay him visits each day. And you can just see it in his eyes that he is... He's dying inside because he wants to be freed of, the, of the, um, the experience that he's having being trapped in his body. And so I think that it's everything. I mean, for myself personally, I can't thank um, the fact that I had changed my diet enough. I was a raw vegan for two and a half years, which was great for that period. I, you know, I was able to detoxify. I became very healthy um, psychologically. Uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, but after that two and a half years I realized that I wanted to be more onto the livet, mm. <laughs> as you say. Yeah. I it's not a diet, it's a live mm-hmm. And for me, it's more so about being a flexitarian opposed to being, you know, compartmentalized in the vegan or vegetarian or paleo or whatever other kinds of crazy diet thing have. <laughs> you just never know there's just so much going on in that realm yeah. and, and veganism is actually taking quite the trend um in montreal this year i attended the the vegan festival and it was so packed that each booth you couldn't even access there was just so many people and i've never seen this before you know five years ago there was nothing going on it was like birds just chirping away people looking left and right like You know, you could have one-on-one conversations. Now it's a trend. It's a trend to be vegan. It's a trend to be vegetarian. It's a trend to be in yoga. And I think it's great, but I would really like to see some of these, um, and pardon me for saying so, but fluffy unicorn, um, (laughs) (laughs) rainbow (laughs) warrior people, to actually have some backing onto Mm. joining that trend. You know, for, for myself personally, I was forced into it because I had no choice left. It was life or death. And, you know, for a lot of people, they just join the train because it's fun. And that's great. It's good that we're stepping into those realms. But I'd really like to see what I would truly, truly, truly like to see is more people doing it from their heart opposed to it being a fashion statement. Yes. And, you know, I was actually (laughs) a few weekends ago, I was inside of a, a vegan restaurant and I have a recycled fur bag. Okay, it's recycled fur. We live in Canada. Our winters get up to like minus fifty. Okay, mm-hmm. so I have some animal um, attire, but I'm very conscious about it. And I was wearing a recycled fur bag, and without even thinking, I was, I just went to a vegan restaurant for dinner, and I was standing in the lineup, and some girl asked me, "Is that real fur?" And without even thinking that she was about to attack me, mm. I said, "Yes." And this woman um, told me that I should be ashamed of myself Whoa. going into a vegan restaurant wearing dead animals. And Oh, this she, was in
0: a vegan restaurant.
1: Yeah. And oh, then she okay. shoved me, <laughs> She shoved me into the wow. counter and walked away and said, you must be really proud of yourself. And I just looked at her and I was like, oh, sweetheart, I'm sorry you're in so much pain and you don't yes. know what to do with it. And she had no idea how to respond because I think she was expecting me to be like, you know, defending the fur, but I wasn't because I'm revealing life's greater truth. And the truth of that matter was that she had something very psychologically deep going on, much more deeper than me wearing fur, where it led her to actually get physical with me. And so I wanted to redirect and expand and evolve that situation by bringing awareness to herself. And I think that's what I did by saying that and... You know, it was quite. It was quite interesting. Some of the people that were witnessing this going on, and um, you know, it, it goes to show that the people that are in it for the trend reasons, they're not really like you. You see these groups of people that are. They just become like Nazi. They become Nazi vegans or Nazi vegetarians, mm-hmm. and they just become so crazy where they start to seclude and and um, become judgmental on on other people, and that's not healthy, I don't think. That can't be good, you know? So I feel that, I think it's great that veganism is bringing people together and the conscious health movement is bringing people together, but I think what's more important is that we just be accepting of other people's choices, because not everyone is at the same place and at the same pace in society.
0: Absolutely. Um, this is something that I've I've mulled over for many years um, and had trying to find myself, trying to find out where I fit in that whole dynamic of all these different diet ideologies and these different labels and the different manifestations and the variations on the spectrum of, let's just say, vegan or vegetarian or raw food, because I definitely don't You know, I'm not really resonant with the Paleolithic ideas, um, Mm -hmm. but I won't go into that whole thing. Um, But just Mm -hmm. on just on this side of the swing, I've um, I've had to encounter a lot of opposition and just my own um, just a a sense of incongruency in what you just shared with the with the behavior and the Mm. disharmonic expression of Mm -hmm. that. Of that message that comes from so many people, one of my great heroes, though, is John Robbins. Mm-hmm. John Robbins, The Diet for a New America, was one of three books that really lay the foundation for what I believe in, what I resonate with most. Those three books are The Diet for a New America, Spiritual Nutrition from Gabriel Cousins, mm-hmm. um, and then The Sun Food Diet Success System from David Wolf. Those are the three books that are like, those are my tomes. Yeah. and the thing that i resonated with most and the message that i try to exude is always one of empowerment it's one of possibility of inspiration of hope of of joy and laughter because those are those are the energies that are going to counter oppose all the negativity in the world we can't mm-hmm. pour more gasoline <laughs> on the fire of what we don't want. That's not how we're going to create gold from lead, right? That's that's a mm-hmm. that's a that's poor alchemy. I was just about to say. <laughs> yeah, and so it's yeah. it's just fascinating to see that and um I've I've had to stand ground in my own conviction cuz I'm I'm friends with so many people on different swings, and I think the reason I have so much respect from so many of those different people, regardless of their diet, is because I don't profligate or insinuate that it's a one. It's a one. Um, it's a uniform kind of approach. It's, it's. You said something really great that I want to. I want to conclude this thought with is that if you're not doing it from your heart. If you're not doing it from a sense of intelligence that your body is directing you, mm-hmm. um, and it's not in your heart, it's a trend. It's 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 an, it's a vehicle for you to express your vitriol and your your self hatred and your and your um, dissatisfaction with factory farming, with um, all the atrocities. I totally get that. Beyond you know, beyond the nth degree, I totally understand that. But if you're gonna use this vegan label um, as a vehicle to express hatred, um, then you are actually, in a lot of ways, no better than than the the institutions that are enslaving these animals that you're mm-hmm. fighting for.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's kind
0: of like it's a it's a it's a very interesting thing. But um, I appreciate you bringing that up because it resonates a lot with me, and I've been able to find myself in a place where vegetarianism, I have a lot of friends that now are in a place like, no, I don't label myself, I don't do that. And I don't label myself either, but at the same time, I, I use certain things as navigational directives. And for mm-hmm. me personally, um, in my heart and soul, vegetarianism has come up many of times, even when I've challenged that. I've I've done things to <laughs> challenge that theory, and it's come back in my body and my spirit actually told me, you're actually meant to promote this raw vegetarian message, um, yeah. but a vegetarian message, not a necessarily vegan. a vegan message, right? Yeah. Is so yeah. that's kind of that middle ground where everybody can dance together in some way or another. Um, it's not just one size fits all.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and I'm in full agreement with you. And you know, to add on to that, Ronnie, is that you have to think about the world and how we're evolving. And how we're constantly evolving into new directions all the time. And our climate is changing. Our inner environments are changing. Mm-hmm. The way we're living is changing. And so to compartmentalize ourselves into one direction, I, I will boldly say, I think is very foolish. Because we're going to be constantly... Um, tested in terms of our adaptability. So mm. what I like to say when people ask me, well, how do you eat? Are you vegan? Are you raw? Are you this? I say, no. I'm." So first and foremost, I love using your languaging, Ronnie. So I always say, well, it's not a diet. It's a livet." It. And <laughs> second <laughs> of all, I'm a flexitarian who is chasing after extreme adaptability. And it goes into sort of around Ron Garden's principles for radiant health which is health beyond danger. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Because,
1: you know, who knows? Maybe we'll have another Chernobyl. Let's, let's hope to God not. But, I mean, who's to say that something like that wouldn't happen? And then what? We're going to need to get a ton of iodine in our diets. We're going to need to change things up. And so people who have compartmentalized themselves and have denied certain aspects might have to change their minds in order to survive.
0: That's man that's a topic right there. Um mm-hmm. the genetic abnormalities that are that are permeating into the human um physicality if you will right now are so drastic. They're so absurd that people actually really have no concept for the reality of our our um the the pollution in our everyday environment you know just to touch on that Mm -hmm. really quickly and this whole idea of adaptability i don't really buy into the charles darwin uh survival of the fittest that was a great model as an athlete Uh, when i was competing as a professional athlete and a um, taekwondo competitive fighter that's a great that makes sense you know Mm -hmm. totally but actually it doesn't make that much sense compartmentalized because you still have to be highly adaptable. That's literally the sign, the the signpost of genius is someone that can adapt to uh, anything, to anything. Right. So, you know, just on that tip, I just want to say I've been studying radiation for years and more and more lately. And basically it comes down to this radiation, radioactive isotopes basically polluted minerals in our environment, are everywhere not just you know we chernobyl in 1986 for sure but then fukushima and the the bleed off Mm -hmm. into the ocean it's led me to actually adapt to vegetarianism because i i was happy having fish supplementally like wild alaskan fish and then i and then i felt something inside of me i was like i felt like i was being somewhat naive at some point i was like you know, let me look a little deeper into this. I need to actually know because I feel like energetically something is awry. And I found out that actually pretty much every source of fish in one way or another is is contaminated. Mm-hmm. It's a reality, Absolutely. not just with radiation, but with plasticizers yeah. and with mercury. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that single idea, and I'm not here to say that... Um, anybody has to or not do anything but for me I realized like okay I need to get off that supplement right now because otherwise it's going to be harder for me to adapt later on
1: Hmm. yeah yeah and it's all about calling in that flexibility and mm-hmm. that adaptability
0: so I like so the flexitarian term
1: yeah. yeah. I think that I'm hearing more people use it um, ever since I heard it years ago and I stole the term from a friend of mine. And I was just like, yeah, this flexitarian thing is really where it's at. And I feel that in order for us to evolve and expand and to adapt, I feel that it's important to just you know, be open-minded when it comes to what your body needs and not following a trend or you know your neighbor, but really going for what resonates within you. And everyone has the capacity to access their intuition. All it takes is just a few seconds of connecting to your higher self, which doesn't require some weird process. It's very simple. Mm. And, you know, I'm also a fan of the motto, the simpler things are, the easier it is to live. And so all these these techniques of accessing, you know, your your kundalini or any of this mumbo shmumbo stuff, and I'm not saying that kundalini is mumbo shmumbo. Okay, I'm just. <laughs> it's your life I'm force. Just, yes, I'm just saying that, like all the terms that are becoming more mainstream. Yeah. Um, in order for people to recognize their life force, or you know, your primordial life force energy, or chi or prana, you know call it what you will, but it's it's very easy to get in touch with that. And it actually becomes easier the more cleaner your body becomes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to talk a little bit more about nutrition, I think that what's really great is just wanting to adopt a more pure, naturalistic diet and staying away from, um, you know, processed foods. And this is like old, this is old information I'm giving you, but I'm noticing a lot of people, because here in Montreal, the health scene is not as advanced as it is in, let's say, Hawaii or, or California, and so people are just starting to now recognize the whole gluten-free movement. Huh. And I know, and I'm standing in the aisles going, okay, this is still junk food. Yes. <laughs> this is great, great. So you realize that this is a, is an allergen, and it causes inflammation and whatnot within the body, but, but these gluten-free products are still junk food and they're loaded with toxins and I encourage people instead of counting calories because here, a lot of people are still very science-based counting calories mm-hmm. when calories are something that were created in a lab and really have nothing to do with the body's biochemistry in the first place. So we have a lot of these people counting calories and not counting chemicals mm. and, you know, so they we need to have more people who are you know, standing around and educating the, the regular consumer uh, because things have gotten so out of control. They found ways to infiltrate even something that was coming from a good place like gluten free cuisine or, you know, vegetarian, whatever. They've created all these junk foods that have become very just as if it's almost the same level of toxins, you know.
0: Absolutely. This is, I mean, this is something I've been thinking about more lately is just like the entire industry of organic junk food, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like you mentioned, like almost every packaged food that is in some kind of processed form that labels itself as a gluten free you don't realize that there's other ingredients potentially that can set off a gluten like reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just that's such a deep subject. I've really committed myself a lot to that subject in particular. That's a deep subject. That's not just allocated towards one thing we call gluten. It's not even really gluten Mm-mm. per se. It's it's a certain um, protein reaction that happens in certain people. Um, but I won't go too deep into that. The point is that <laughs> You know, that whole industry, I see it with, like, and, I, and I'm and i not judging because I came to this conclusion after being wrapped up in it myself, eating, like, organic corn chips.
1: I and, was there.
0: And, like, <laughs> coconut oil popcorn, and and, yeah. and I'm not saying that never to have any of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. What I am saying is that don't be naive. Mm-hmm. This is what I had to tell myself after, like, you know, eating, what is it, some, like, coconut oil baked you know, uh, potato chips, like, or quote-unquote organic potato chips, even though that doesn't mean a whole lot to me anymore. Um, I All I notice is that when I eat it, my blood sugar goes into a weird state that it never, ever does under any other circumstances when I'm eating my normal, my normal, you know, real food fare. Uh, mm-hmm. My brain kind of deactivates, and my oh, yeah. stomach, my stomach gets really funky, and it's like, <laughs> oh, it's what? What's? Am I allergic to uh, coconut oil now or to potato? No, it's a processed food. It's a junk food. It's it's manipulated, and it's having a reactive effect on my body because that it's in a form that's totally distorted from its original, uh, you know, its original uh, origin, if you will. So, like the, So we have this whole this whole. Uh, higher level. It's an upgraded form of junk food, but, but I feel like it's so important for us to actually call a spade a spade. Mm -hmm. Just call it what it is. This is, you know, it is, this is not actually food, but it's just, it's, it may be helpful as a transition or whatever. I get that, but at a certain point, um, it's really important for us. If, if our goal is to actually, Ascend out of the the the, the kind of the straitjacket of mediocrity, which mm-hmm. society tries to keep us in every day of our life. Mm-hmm. We have to let go of a lot of those those comfort food like byproducts and just actually move towards real food.
1: Yeah, more pure, absolutely. And <laughs> I have a funny story to share if I can, Please. just a little quick one. Um, a few years ago, when I was experimenting with whole, you know, gluten-free cuisine because I have to taste the apple in order to tell the audience what the apple tastes like, right? Mm -hmm. So everything I I experience is and and talk about is something that I have direct experience with, right? So a few years ago when this whole gluten-free craze really came out in my awareness, not in Montreal's awareness or Quebec's awareness, um, I remember experimenting with a gluten-free pizza. And Ronnie, it was like I was high on something serious,
0: Mm. (laughs)
1: something serious. One of my friends came to see me later on that evening, and I'll never forget this day. This was years ago, years and years and years ago. And he was just like, did you do something? Like, did you take some sort of weird pill or something? Because you are just absolutely off your rocker. And I was like, well, you know I'm hypersensitive, but I ate a gluten-free pizza, and they just couldn't believe it that that created that much um, <laughs> craziness, if you will, out of me. Mm-hmm. I was just hysterical. I was crazy. I was flying off the, the, the fan, the, the ceiling fan. <laughs> Not literally, but almost. You know. So you think about all these parents that now have these uber-sensitive children that mm-hmm. are being born and can't have gluten, and they're feeding them these products just not knowing. And then their children are also still suffering from things like ADD, ADHD. Yeah. You know. So I really want to make that my mission this year as the kitchen beautician. That's what I call myself when I do my chefing gigs. Hmm. Um, <laughs> where radiant nutrition is my mission. Um, I really want to get out there and educate people on how to shop. Um, because a lot of people don't know, and they don't have time, and they don't make time. And I want to turn people on to the idea that your health, it's like I said earlier, is the only wealth you have. And so it would be worth it to stack all odds in your favor by becoming more savvy about the things you're eating. And so I can't wait. I'm going to be moving somewhere more central, because I'm actually living outside in the forest again, so I'm not quite in Montreal I'm in the forest presently, I have a space downtown, but I don't go there very often. Um You know, I find that I have better focus out here, but anyways, that's another topic. Um, <laughs> but I really, really, really would like to make that part of you know the languaging and all that that goes out this year because we need to have more outlets to learn from, and I just think it's so amazing, you know, over the last few years watching the internet explode with all kinds of new schools and you starting your own. Kudos to you, Ronnie. And I have to say I'm, I'm honored to be a part of the faculty. <laughs> I'm honored to be a part of it. It's just, you know, just watching you blossom in the way in which you have is so amazing. And we need more Ronnies. And I think the whole, I think everyone that's listening can agree. Mm. We need more Ronnies because you are someone who I've seen just dive in head first and not stop, like you are you're you're absolutely walking that self mastery path, and I applaud you and I bow to you, mm. so it's just really, really, really rare to see these days, you know, because a lot of people are suffering from information overload, and I'm so honored to to have someone like you in my life, and I know the community would 100% stand behind me and say the same thing to see you leading us in the way in which you are. So thank you.
0: Thank you so much. That um, made me think of uh, this book by um, this guy, Glenn Clark, called The Man Who Discovered the Secrets of the Universe. And it's a short biography on Walter Russell. Mm. And Walter Russell is definitely, um, he's just one of those those um, Renaissance archetypical characters very similar to a Rudolf steiner or a da vinci mm. in his own right where um there's an amazing quote that comes from walter russell and um you've probably heard it david has uttered it a number of times but i actually find myself in lectures um bringing it up too because it's such a powerful principle it, it 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 activates a part of our our archetypical intrinsic nature that I really believe is a part of everybody Um, but for me this activates that chord of self-mastery his quote is that uh, genius is self-bestowed mediocrity is self-inflicted
1: ah (laughs) I love it yes I have heard him say that before Mm -hmm. And
0: That's that just, that yeah. is the deal. That to me mm-hmm. is the deal and I and I really resonate with people that that get that that understand that it's all a self-perpetuating prophecy and you get to change. You can change the the tides of the the ocean at any time. You're not subject to your to the constraints of your past, your past story that you're playing out, your present circumstances. You can actually change your life and that to me is actually the basic principle of what I bring into the world is that no matter how far gone you've, you've gone down the, the rabbit hole of disease, sickness, debilitation, financial collapse, marital collapse, um, you know, whatever, you are not out of the game yet. There's still time on the clock. You can, you can rise above and activate your propensity for superhero like characteristics.
1: Mhm. I 100% agree with you in that it's never too late to change that daunting fate that your <laughs> mind has made you believe cuz you can truly achieve and we've seen it happen so many times and you know there's there's just no limits. It's the question that I love asking people is how much better can it get? You know, one of my teachers was Richard Gordon. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he's the man that wrote multiple books on quantum touch. He's a really powerful healer, hands-on and hands-off healer. And um, I remember when I, was, when I was learning from him in L.A. in 2013, I was going through a little bit of a transitionary period, which wasn't very comfortable. And he would, he would look at me and he would say, well, darling, how much better could it get? <laughs> and, and I started to say the same thing you're right, how much better can it get, yeah, and so now that 's the thing. Every day is better and better, it's and c- some could mm. argue
0: that it 's the best ever
1: it 's the best ever, <laughs> of course, it is the best ever. this second is where all the nectar of life
0: resides mm. Mm. beautiful well look i can't i can 't let this go without asking you this, and I know a lot of women will appreciate this, and actually. A lot of men, too. Um, (laughs) What are some of your top secret beauty promoting practices?
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, multiple orgasms a day. Absolutely. I support Um, that. And, and, you know, just having a beauty ritual. One of my friends, Vanessa Simpkins, she wrote a book, um, which was called Take Your Power Back Now. And she featured me in the book writing about my adornment ritual. Because something that I've brought back from the ancient practices coming from the gypsy lineage is that women don't spend enough time honoring themselves in the morning to start their day. And Mm. so when you're going through your whole process of intentionalizing your day, I have an intentional beauty ritual that I do every single day without a single missing moment of it every day. And it drives some of my partners who are not quite tuned into this crazy but they're learning. (laughs) And the one that I'm with now is, is a, he's, he's actually quite fascinated by it. And it is where I adorn myself with different oils. So I anoint myself with different essential oils and I say different mantras and I pray to myself and I pray to the beauty of all women. And then I start pulling my energy up by dressing up. And that is one of my greatest secrets, along with the multiple orgasms. I also have to say, lubrication is key. And I'm not talking about sexually. I'm talking about <laughs> topically. <laughs> I'm talking about topically. And I think that the grounding practice that is unleashed when you rub oil onto your body—clean oils, things like you know, pure, cold-pressed, organic um, olive oils or coconut oils or macadamia nut. Oil, oh, <laughs> infuse with different essential oils. That's one of my favorite, favorite things. I love MSM powder. Mm-hmm. I love it internally. I put it on myself topically. I use it internally. Turmeric, topically, internally. Um, bohita olives, yum. Figs, macadamia nuts, lots and lots and lots of chocolate Damiana, I love playing around with aphrodisiacs because, you know what, the more sensual life is, the more magical it becomes. And I think that's a very important beauty practice. And the other thing is, and the most important thing, now this is the takeaway, is abracadabra only in the direction of beauty. So abracadabra being, I create as I speak, Hmm. only speak words of beauty at all times. And so before you are to open your mouth and say something, you always have to ask, is this the most beautiful thing I could be saying in this moment? And then trusting that the divine will come through you. And it always does. undoubtedly so. And so it is. So that is what I could recommend on the top of my head. I mean, I could go that could be another topic for another time because I can go really deep with that, but on the top of my head, that is what I would recommend.
0: Mm. Yeah, I I always get this notion that a part of the beautification process is a remodeling of the soul, so mm-hmm. it's, an, it's an effervescence that you exude, it's a contluence yes. that you have about yourself that that actually radiates and permeates through the pores as a form of nutrition that in a lot of ways can trump the physical molecules. But when you have it all together, like a part of my work is this idea of unity, of you are what you eat and you are what you think about as two mutually inclusive principles. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I grew up in the success... The Success Philosophy World. I, I remember growing up listening to Anthony Robbins <laughs> and Jim Rohn was a mentor, Les Brown, Zig Ziglar. I read mm-hmm. Napoleon Hill. I read the um, Think and Grow Rich about four or five times. Wallace Waddle's amazing work on the, um, the science of getting rich and the science of being great, which is one of the most amazing books. Um, mm-hmm. And another amazing one just to throw out there was um, Man's Search for Meaning, victor Mm -hmm. frankel um and as a man thinketh by james allen now that it's coming up for me just my favorite my favorite books that shaped my that shaped my psychology in a lot of ways it shaped my perspective and so anyways i i had explored that realm for you know at least 15 years of my life and then i came across the idea of you are what you eat and Mm -hmm. i and i and i just found like wow like You have so many people that are existing on one end of the spectrum or another, but what if you combine those in a real way, not in some like, oh, that's a nice idea. That's, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm going to go buy gluten-free biscuits now. (laughs) No, no, no. But what if you turn that on all the way? You think in the best, most elegant, and sophisticated way possible, and you also Allow your your nutrition strategy to be a reflection of that.
1: Yes, what happens Beautiful then? Footage.
0: That's my that's been my question: is what happens? And the results have been uh, miraculous, and just you know, it's led me personally. What's happened to me personally as a result? It's led me to living in Hawaii, where I'm literally in my office looking out on the most extraordinary. Um, Mountain top view that has the most pigmented colorations of green, of of red, of crimson red, of um, you know, just the most incredible um, orchestra of nature's cycle, the, cyclic, mm-hmm. the cyclical nature of nature of nature's uh beauty expression and i'm like wow this is the outer world is a reflection of the inner world this no. is what happens it takes you yep. to places of absolute paradise so mm-hmm. um i yeah i just feel like that really is where the rubber meets is when you have those two principles is that your exterior world being the rituals and the practices that you do consistently over time and the inner world when you monitor and um internal in, inner terrain modify that part of yourself. It that's where miracles happen.
1: Absolutely. Beautiful food equals beautiful mood equals beautiful manifestation. Mm,
0: I love that.
1: Mm. <laughs> mm. <sighs> so juicy Ronnie. <laughs> Let's tell everyone that they need to get naked right now and can, be in you the can sun. Tell if <laughs> Please everybody listening, it's important for your body. Yes. Your body was born to be in the sun naked. Mm-hmm. So do it responsibly and if you can do it now,
0: do it. <laughs> uh-huh. <Yeah. laughs> That's a great bumper sticker.
1: Yes, absolutely. Get naked in the sun. Do it now. Do it now.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, right? Like the I don't know if you remember the Og Mandino book.
1: Was it do it now, do it It now? That was was the
0: famous, yeah, that was the famous statement that comes out of that. um, The World's Greatest Salesman was that book. Do it now, do it now, do it now. Oh, when's a good time to do my, to write this email? Do it now. When's a good time to have this conversation? Do it now.
1: now.
0: When's a good time to get naked under the sun? Do Do it 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 now. Do (laughs) it (laughs) now.
1: Right now, if you can, if you have someone with you, then massage some cacao Mm. butter all over each other. And just lay there and let the sun do its magic Mm. and manifest a miraculous, paradisical reality through just taking the time out of each day to focus on beauty. Whether it's eating beautiful foods or touching beautiful fabrics or having beautiful conversations, let everything you do be a walk of beauty. That is my priestess prayer to everyone today. Aho, aho, a
0: That's a beautiful. That's a beautiful note to conclude this conversation on. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. This has just been an amazing exploration into Marina love and everything that you're about. I think I I know for sure that everybody listening to this has gotten at least two or three nuggets of insight. And if you didn't, then you need to rewind this and listen again. This was incredible. So thank you so much for being on.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's been an honor, Ronnie. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to speak to you and to speak to the audience. And let everything that you hear pour through your ears. And if it resonates as truth, then keep it. And if it doesn't, then leave it. Because we're not trying to be to be right here. We're just trying to resonate with your heart. That is all.
0: Mm, Absolutely. Mm. So where, where can everybody find out more about you and what you're up to?
1: Oh, well, you know what? Right now, all my stuff is going through a rebrand, but I still have my old site up and and active. So you can check out my little blog at www.lovemovement.ca, or you can visit my professional website, which is for my Um, services at Mm. www.MarinaLove.ca. Beautiful. Mm. In beauty, my dear. In beauty.
0: All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show and our special guest, Miss Marina Love. And definitely check out everything that she has to offer. Just an amazing, amazing person, as you should be very well aware of by now. So thank you for joining us, and we'll see you on the next episode. Aloha.
1: Aloha.